Welcome back to the My Everyday Chaos podcast, a podcast for women looking for God's voice and biblical focus in the face of daily distraction. I'm your host, Alexandra Goman, and it's great to be back with you after a few months off of the podcast. Our family just recently moved from Boston to beautiful Charleston, South Carolina, and it has been an absolute whirlwind of a few months, but I'm so excited to be back digging into God's Word on this podcast with you. Uh, Whether you are driving into work or listening to the podcast while you're doing dishes or wrangling some kids or walking to class, I hope that today's episode can be an encouragement to you. We have some great things coming up on the podcast, some great interviews I'm working on lining up um, that are going to be with women that inspire me that I can't wait to share with you, as well as just I really want to continue our Women in the Bible series. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about Mary of Bethany. Um, We've already talked about Mary, mother of Jesus, so might as well keep doing the Marys a little bit. And, you know, we think of Mary of Bethany a lot when it comes, we usually compare her to her sister, Martha. And today we're actually going to not be looking at the story of Martha and Mary and the typical one that we hear about, hey guys, we got to be sitting at Jesus' feet like Mary. And Martha was worried and upset about many things, although a great lesson, but I also totally relate to Martha and, hey, let's do an episode on her too, because I think she is an incredible Christian as well. But I want to talk about a different story in the Mary of Bethany kind of saga in scripture. I want to talk about when she anointed Jesus. We actually see this story in several places in scripture, in Mark 14 and Matthew 26 and in John 12. There is another story of an anointing of Jesus in Luke 7, and scholars think that this is likely a different woman. Um, it's It happened in a different time period in the ministry of Jesus. It happened at the home of a Pharisee. Um, there's just several factors that make us think that the story in Luke 7 is a different story than the ones told in the other Gospels. So if you have your Bible on you and you want to open up to John chapter 12, we're going to be reading from that account of this incredible story. So over in John 12, In verse 1, the Bible reads, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As the keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Okay, so we see this story in John chapter 12. It's the last week of Jesus's life, and it's right after Jesus had raised her brother Lazarus from the dead. 
talk about gratitude. This woman had seen an absolute miracle. Her family was put back together by the Son of God. She saw Jesus restore her brother to her. I love both of these women, Martha and Mary. Even here, you see Martha serving. But what do you see Mary doing? She is our big feeler. She's down. She comes into the into see Jesus. She gives him the most expensive thing that she can. Maybe even it was her dowry. You know, Martha teaches us about service, but Mary teaches us about expressiveness. That's how Mary showed her thanks to God. That's how Mary showed Jesus how much she loved him. She anointed him. She wiped she wiped his feet with her hair. What? That's amazing. Like, what is this? But even here we see the judgment surrounding Mary's act of gratitude, right? Judas immediately, why wasn't this offering, why wasn't this given to the poor? You know, and really we know that he's, he's thinking about his own selfish gain. But I want us to look over at the Mark 14 version because I love I love the response of Jesus here. And we also see it wasn't just Judas that was being critical. I think it was kind of all of them. So in Mark 14, the Bible reads, Leave her alone, said Jesus in verse 6. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want. But you won't always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. I love what Jesus says here. He says this phrase that I really want you to hold on to today. She did what she could. I don't know about you, but I can get so caught up in what I can't do for God that sometimes I miss out on what I can do for God. Are you also stuck in this cycle of comparing your acts of gratitude for God to other people's or even to your past self? The only question that I think is worth asking as a follower of Jesus who's trying to do our best for God and live in total gratitude to him is ask, am I doing what I can? Am I doing the best that I can? Mary gave Jesus what she could. She did what she could. This was what she had to give, and she gave it willingly. She gave it wholeheartedly. And that's what mattered to Jesus. Jesus defended her in the face of her accusers, doing our best. You know, we all have different thresholds for our best, you know, and I think one of the things that's been the most confusing for me the last couple years is that my threshold has changed. (laughs) What was maybe my best several years ago looks a little different than my best now. Several months ago, I um, had a chance. I was in the car with one of my friends. We were driving, you know, probably running errands, and I was sharing with her about, oh, I just feel like I used to be able to do all these things for God, and I feel like with all the demands on my time, you know, the kids and work things and and all these different things. I feel like sometimes I'm not able to do what I used to do. 
And this friend of mine looked at me and and she reminded me of this story. And she said, you know, I think what I want you to remember is that what you're called to do is to do what you can. And to remember that to God, to Jesus, that's a beautiful offering. That's a worthy offering. And that conversation really has stuck with me the last few months, thinking about, wow, yeah, my best is always enough for God. (laughs) My best is enough for the Son of God. And that alone just makes me want to rejoice in him. It makes me so grateful. I think that Satan accuses us just like these well-meaning men accused this woman. But Jesus is our defender among the voice of Satan. He's the one that says, nope, you do your best. Don't worry about what other girls over there are doing. Don't worry about what that man over there is doing. You do your best for me. Sure, there's a lot that I can't do to show God my gratitude and my devotion to him. But there's actually a lot more that I can do. And that is enough for the Son of God. Maybe I can't do X like I used to do or Y like that other sister. But what can I do? I think about for you, and I want you to think about some of the things that you can do. Let's leave aside the list of the things that we can't do today and focus on what can we do to show God our our gratitude and our devotion. I can call someone to encourage them today. I can strike up a conversation at the park and share my life and my faith with another mom. I can pray for my friend consistently about the things that are haunting her, that she's wanting, that are tormenting her. I can volunteer for a meal train to serve in children's ministry or give a meal to the homeless person that I pass by every single day. I can tell my children about who God is today. I can pray on the phone with a friend before work today. I can express gratitude to the women who have mentored me, loved me, or taught me things. I can read a verse before I turn on Netflix. I can do what I can. I can't do it all. But I want Jesus to say of me, she did what she could. Not she did what that person could. But that she did the best that she could with her gifts, her talents, her limitations, and her circumstances. She did what she could. I hope this has been helpful for you today as we think about Mary of Bethany and this woman's legacy of doing what she can and that being a beautiful thing that was enough for our Lord and Savior. We're going to be back with the podcast next week. We'll continue our Women in the Bible series for a couple more weeks, and then we'll be starting up the interviews once more. So make sure that you like and subscribe the podcast. Thank you so much for the support. Thanks for tuning back in after our brief sabbatical. I can't wait to keep digging into the scriptures with you and finding clarity in midst of the chaos. Have a great week, everyone.